ears, our hearts, our mind, and our eyes to what you have for us this day, personally, but also as your church body, that we might reflect your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we continue in our series, New Beginnings, through the Gospel of Mark. And this morning, our text is coming out of chapter 4. And Jesus had been teaching to the crowds, which of course included his disciples. And I'm going to focus on verses 30 and 32 this morning. Ah, The parable of the mustard seed. Again, he said... What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade." You know, I wonder when the crowd first heard a reference to the kingdom of God, I wonder if they thought, wow, this must be an amazing place with a grand palace that's luxurious because they didn't understand who Jesus was, what his life and his death and his resurrection would mean for the world. The kingdom of God is not a place It refers to the reign of God. God's reign is present in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus doesn't just announce the kingdom of God. He embodies it. And then Jesus says and describes the kingdom of God like a mustard seed. Well, here's a picture of a mustard seed. And everyone at that time would have known how small a mustard seed was. And I wonder if Jesus was encouraging the crowd and the disciples to look at a mustard seed and to be able to say, you know, it may be small. It may even seem insignificant But significant transformation is going to take place. Significant impact. Because when the seed has been sown, constant growth is happening. Now, it may be hidden in the darkness of the soil. It may be under the surface. We may not see that it is happening. But change is occurring. And the seed will become the mustard tree. Now, in Matthew and in Luke, it's the mustard tree, in those parables, is actually described as a tree. In this text, we see garden plant. But it was known to be 8 to 15 feet, so all of our bases are covered. But to imagine that the mustard seed would become something like this tree. At that time, the mustard tree was also known to provide much-needed shade and refuge for a traveler 
and for the birds of the air. Now, you may recognize this picture. It's actually from the photo gallery of the Gastons. And uh, I love this picture. Uh, no, we're going to go back to the um, slide of perfect. Thanks. Now, this is a beautiful slide. And after looking at the uh, text and verse uh, 32 and reading uh, more and doing some study on it, what is amazing is that I uh, could have asked or should have asked the photographer to take a picture of several different birds in the tree. Because when Jesus says, the birds can perch in the shade, commentators agree that this translates to all nations in the world will be able to take refuge in it. Jesus is announcing that the kingdom of God is for the world. N.T. Wright offers, the kingdom of God is constantly at work below the surface, as the gospel message is preached and enacted, offering shade and refuge to the entire world. Do we believe that the kingdom of God is constantly at work in the world when the gospel is preached and acted out? Do we believe that the size of the mustard seeds, I'll call them seeds of hope, do we believe they're really making a significant impact now? How do we know that the creative power of God is at work now? I have a story for you. In 2000, oh, can't move, sorry. In 2017, uh, a mom contacted me, and she doesn't, didn't go to our church, uh, so I didn't know her, and she said, is there any way that my twin boys can come to VBS? They were four and a half years old. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, we are completely full. And she said, okay, and I said, well, we'll add them to the wait list. She said, oh, you know, okay, I understand. And then she called back, uh, and she said, is there any chance a spot is opened up? And I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm so sorry. And she continued to uh, tell me her story that she had just had a baby, that her mother and her grandmother were visiting from another country. They were women of faith, and they so wanted their her grandchildren, grandchildren and their family to be a part of a church. And is there any way, while they were here, their, the kids could be a part of VBS? And of course, I'm trying to think, and I said, well, you know what? We actually have two spots that we have saved for families that come to our church that, you know, maybe at the time of registration uh, through the time of VBS have um, started becoming regular attenders at our church. So I said, I'll tell you what, if you come for three Sundays, can you believe I did that? If you come for three Sundays, then uh, yes, your boys can um, have these spots. And that next week, Yuman Min Burson came to our church, and she came by herself initially and kind of checked us out and introduced herself and uh, kind of shared a little bit about her family. And the next week, we must have passed the test because she brought her family, her husband, Matt, and Luke, and Jake, and her infant baby, Sabay. And she also brought her mom and her grandma from Myanmar. And uh, it was wonderful to meet them. 
And thank you, Tenley, for including them in your prayers, as we know, it's such a difficult time. Well, the boys, of course, you know, were able to participate in VBS, and the family has been regular attenders and part of the family of TPC since that time. Yuman and Matt have been or are on the worship committee, and Yuman has just been installed as a deacon. She's just become a member of our church. Wow. And then, as I shared earlier, Yuman, uh, her mom and her grandmother were women of faith, strong faith. And I discovered that Yuman's family came to faith when Adornam, ooh, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, and Anne Judson. In the 1800s, around the mid-1800s, from Massachusetts, traveled abroad and preached the gospel as missionaries to Burma, now Myanmar. Yuman's family and many others, generations ago and generations to come, said, yes, we want to be followers of Christ. And then, sorry, bear with me, for many years, we have had a partnership with Southeast Asia, with our mission committee, with Los Ranchos Presbytery. We have been supporting students uh, that uh, providing some scholarships. And I realized, I mean, I knew that there were students from Cambodia and from Thailand, but I didn't know there were students from Myanmar. And that TPC continues to support those graduating students as they've gone back to their countries, and they are in ministries of teaching and leading at schools and uh, doing the hard work to stop trafficking and the hard work of pastoring. Significant impact is happening today with small seeds, uh, the prayer of a grandmother for her grandkids and her family, and the Judsons going abroad to preach the gospel, maybe never even knowing what the outcome would be, you know, that what God was doing. And one thing I didn't include in this story is that the Judsons were heading to India by ship. But they had a shipwreck, and they ended up on the shores of Burma, Myanmar. And then, on um, one of our ministry Sundays, uh, Yuman saw the mission kind of table and saw Southeast Asia. And she went over, and guess who was standing behind that table? Jack and Karen Seacrest. And Jack's father was a missionary and a Bible translator in Cambodia, close to Myanmar. And, um, and uh, so uh, close to Myanmar. And, um, and Jack had lived there in Cambodia. And so that connection, Yuman has said, was an incredible seed of hope as Karen and Jack and Yuman and her family have grown together through that unique experience that they had. We can't see all the ways that God is at work. And sometimes it's, we're in the middle of it and we can't see it. And we can reflect back. We can look back and go, wow, that was amazing. A quote from Dr. Jerry Camry Hoggett's book, Good news in a time of trouble, the gospel of Mark in context. 
Grace and power come packaged in surprising, unexpected ways. What Mark would have his readers know is that God uses even tiny and inauspicious beginnings, troubled by the tragedies and struggles of a church in crisis. Jesus told this story to encourage his followers in a time of trouble. Very often, what looked like disaster will prove in the end to be the power of God at work in the world in surprising and redemptive ways. In the book, The Hidden Life of Trees, the author shares how the Douglas fir, right before it is about to die, it releases all of its nutrients through its root system to the trees around it so that they can, be, um, flour- they can flourish and live. And I can't help but think of Jesus and what he did on the cross. He died that we might live. And through his resurrection power, God has poured out his love in abundance with life-giving water from the well of love that never runs dry. We have the resources of the king of kings above no no one else. And as kingdom people, as kingdom people, we are followers of the king. And it's a king that is not, does not lord over or dominate or control, but invites his followers to love. In John 13, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. As kingdom people, we receive from the abundance of God. And then we plant ever so small, size of a mustard seed. We plant seeds of hope that God transforms for his purposes and his glory. That all nations all people will be able to find the much-needed refuge to be comforted, to be restored, to be cared for, to be befriended, to be forgiven, to be accepted, to be welcomed. Now, this might seem overwhelming, We are going through such a difficult time, and so many have faced so many hardships and pain and sadness and suffering and difficult news and things changing all the time. And yet, this parable reminds us that maybe this is the time that it is needed most. Small acts, seeds of hope, that will be transformative, not only as we share them, but also to those that receive them. There are times that we share and we plant, and there are times that we receive, especially those going through incredibly difficult times. 
You know, our children and youth um, painted these birdhouses, and as you can see them up in the slide, I think they did a fabulous job. Um, but they painted them so that they could go out as Valentine's gifts um, to seniors in our community uh, that were receiving Meals on Wheels. And Jill Nagasugi, uh, as part of the mission committee, has been a liaison. And she uh, received an email from Agewell, the AgeWell director. And it said, one of the se uh, seniors that received a birdhouse wanted to thank us. She has some mild dementia, but she used to be an avid gardener. And this birdhouse brought her a lot of joy. She looked forward to hanging it in her patio so that she could remember that she is cared for by this church. We had a little label on it that said that we were caring and thinking of them. Small seeds with significant impact. Pastor John has been leading us in you know, asking questions. What will this post-pandemic world look like? What will the needs of our community be? What will the needs of our world be, and how will we respond? What seeds of hope will we plant, however small, that God will transform for his glory, for his kingdom? What seeds have already been planted that are growing, that we don't even know below the surface? Where will new beginnings sprout up? Our prayer continues to be, God, extend your reign, your power, your love, your wisdom through us that we can be active participants in your kingdom work, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Leanna, for bringing it. And thank you, Tenley, for a, what a beautiful prayer. What a, the words were just powerful. Thank you both. Uh, now is the time we consider what God has done for us, what he's doing for us, and what he's going to do. And with thanksgiving, we give back to him. Please pray with me. God, we lift our offerings before you. Use them to fulfill your purpose of healing and wholeness to your world. Thank you for faithfulness and your abundant love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.